I'm Chuck Smeaton from the Royal Institution of Australia, and this is the Cosmos Briefing Podcast. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land where I speak to you from today, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Psychedelics have a lot of potential in mental health care, but how do we take them from experimental to the clinic? To get some answers, Cosmos journalist Ellen Fidian talks to Josh Isman, CEO and co-founder of Silo, and Dr Sam Bannister, Chief Scientific Officer and also co-founder of Silo. So to start, what do you do at Silo? Sure. Thanks for having us. Good to talk with you. So we're a biotech startup developing medications that are inspired by psychedelics that occur in nature, such as psilocybin or DMT. And when I say inspired by, I mean, we work with new compounds which have never existed before, but were designed using software to leverage some of the medicinal benefits of psychedelics while optimizing away from some of the less desirable attributes. So our goal is to develop next generation psychedelic therapeutics, which are broadly accessible and, you know, treat a range of neuropsychiatric indications. Right. What sorts of potential do psychedelics have in mental health care? Yeah, there are more than 100 clinical trials exploring um, the promise of of psychedelics at the moment. Uh, And these are in conditions ranging from severe depression, uh, including major depressive disorder and treatment-resistant depression, through to eating disorders, uh, addiction of various sorts, so quite a wide range of of, um, applications. So the data from the largest clinical trials with psilocybin, which is, is the main compound in magic mushrooms, show that when administered with psychotherapy, this substance can treat even the most severe forms of depression after just several treatment sessions, and that these effects are sustained for many months afterwards, which is pretty exciting. Now, one thing to point out here is that we're really just at the very beginning of this sort of new era of psychedelic drug development, um, and psychiatry has been forced to use the same toolbox of old drugs for decades And these just don't work for the majority of sufferers. So psychedelics represent this sort of fundamentally new therapeutic modality for treating a whole range of mental health disorders. And we're only just starting to investigate how how applicable they might be. So it's sort of, there's a huge range of different things you could be using these drugs on, potential drugs, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Okay. So I understand virtual docking is an important part of Silo's research. Can you explain to me what that is? Yeah, the the simplest way to explain virtual docking is that it's essentially a a model of drug action that's run inside a computer simulation. So um, we have a model of a receptor, which you can think of as sort of like a lock, and a drug is is like a key for that lock, to use a pretty old metaphor. So what we're doing is is using computer simulation and various um, AI strategies to take not just a handful of drugs to see how well they fit into these receptors um, of interest, but actually taking hundreds of millions or even billions of drugs to see how well they, they dock the receptor. Um, this is expected to translate to a benefit in the clinic. So by doing this, we're actually massively increasing the efficiency of our preclinical development uh, process, which will get us to the point of having, you know, suitable clinical-ready drugs, improved treatments for neuropsychiatric disorders with reduced side effects much faster than we would otherwise. Right. So you're sort of using a virtual method of blocking a receptor. Can you explain, sorry, just what a receptor is? Yeah, sure. So a receptor is a a protein structure within the body that has evolved to interact with a a transmitter, a neurotransmitter otherwise, 
um, that the body makes uh, endogenously natively. So drugs uh, act on receptors by sort of mimicking these natural substrates. So there's a number of different receptors that are relevant uh, to the effects of psychedelics, and we're building models of these and, and docking these very large libraries to find the best treatments um, in silica. So you're kind of speeding up the the identifying which molecules might work best. For... Yeah, that's, that's yeah. exactly right. Right, that makes sense. How do you see this evolving at Silo over the next five years? Five years is a really long time frame. I mean, given the output that we've uh, cranked out just in the last year, you know, we've done one lab build, we've established two partnerships with universities, we have three government uh, scientific partnerships, and we filed four provisional patents. So five years feels like quite a long time. We have really ambitious goals for what we'll achieve in that time frame. And also, if you think about where this space was just five short years ago, like the psychedelic renaissance is a term that gets thrown around quite a bit. That was just really getting started five years ago. Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, hadn't come out yet, which really kicked off a lot of the mainstream interests. So, yeah, I mean, the amount of progress that's been made in the last five years is really incredible. In the next five years, uh, you know, we're confident that both MDMA and psilocybin will be FDA-approved drugs, um, courtesy of MAPS and Compass Pathways, which are progressing clinical trials for those compounds, and, and they're quite far progressed already. And we think that's going to be sort of like a bellwether for this area and really going to you know, increase the excitement and investment in this space. And so, you know, we consider Silo to be a sort of fast follower of some of those early movers in the space. And so we're hopeful that in the next five years, you know, we will have clinical candidates for each of our three product families that we're developing. And we'll be progressed with early stage clinical trials for at least one of those candidates. Um, and we'll also have a sort of you know, a fully computational methodology for pre-screening our compounds before we set foot in the lab. So all of the work that we're doing in silico will be much more progressed and we'll have models for a number of receptors of interest and be able to utilize that to make our optimization even more efficient. That's massive. You've been extremely busy. Yeah, I guess I was interested in the five-year time frame because... Clinical trials, obviously, to, assuming there's not a pandemic on, take a really, really long time to <laughs> progress. Um, and so it's interesting to hear that you think it'll probably be one or two over that time frame, sort of progressing, not necessarily completed. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's kind of tough to say. I mean, at this stage, we believe our first phase one clinical trial will kick off in about, what are we saying, 30 months or so. So yeah, I mean, five years will be will be pretty par, far progressed with our with our first one. Our our goal is to develop a, a sort of um, portfolio of clinical ready assets. But like our overarching strategy is actually to partner as we progress towards the clinic. 
So we believe that as maps and compass progress, um, we're going to see consolidation in our space. We're going to see increased investment from big pharma. And we think partnerships are going to be really critical for succeeding in this space. So, you know, we're really focused on the preclinical stages right now. Um, and we believe that there will be a number of really exciting partnership opportunities for our diverse pipeline as we progress. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, I think those were all my questions. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, if you know any great computational chemists, we're, we're growing the team. So please get oh, in touch. Yeah, and follow us. Uh, we're, we're pretty active on social these days. So our website is silo.bio. And you can follow us. Um, we're on LinkedIn and we're on Twitter, um, silo underscore bio. Cool. Will do. All right. Well, thank you both very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having thank us. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Remember that you can head to cosmosmagazine.com via the link in the description for more great content. You can also subscribe to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's only science print magazine, and Cosmos Weekly with its unique approach to how science, news and the economy intersect. Podcast listeners can get both products at a special price using the coupon code you will also find in the description. Of course, you can watch and listen to all our Cosmos briefings via the link in the description too. And remember, if you support science and its communication, please support our work at the Royal Institution of Australia. I'm Chuck Smeaton, and today's interview was conducted by Ellen Fidian. Thank you. From Listener and Cosmos Magazine comes Huh? Science Explained, a new weekly podcast answering all of life's questions, big and small, in just 10 minutes. Download the Listener app now and listen for free. Listener.